Tabernacle Presbyterian Church presents Sunday with Tab. Tabernacle Presbyterian Church, located at 34th and Central in Indianapolis, welcomes you to Sunday with Tab. Today, Pastor Terry Thorne delivers the message entitled, What Else Can We Say? So join us now from the sanctuary of Tabernacle Presbyterian Church for Sunday with Tab. Our scripture reading this morning comes from Luke's Gospel, chapter 2, verses 1 through 14, a very familiar Christmas Eve reading for us. In those days, a decree went out from Emperor Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration and was taken while Quirinius was governor of Syria. All went to their own towns to be registered. Joseph also went from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea to the city of David called Bethlehem because he was descended from the house and family of David. He went to be registered with Mary to whom he was engaged and who was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for her to deliver her child. And she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in bands of cloth and laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in the inn. In that region, there were shepherds living in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. Then an angel of the Lord stood before them and the glory of the Lord shone around them and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. For see, I'm bringing you good news of great joy for all the people. To you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is the Messiah the Lord. This will be a sign for you. You will find a child wrapped in bands of cloth and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace among those whom he favors. This is the word of the Lord. Let us pray. God, we give you thanks again for the reading of your familiar word. We pray that in this time together that your spirit would move among us, and that we would hear you speak to us through this word, through the word sung and read and spoken in ways that we have not expected and in ways that draw us closer to you and cause your light to shine brighter in the world. We ask this in Christ's name, amen. So when the fourth Sunday of Advent, which is today, also falls on Christmas Eve, Worship planners face a dilemma. What do you do at the morning service? Is your focus on Advent or Christmas Eve? Are you still expectantly waiting, or are you now celebrating the arrival of the promised child who comes as good news to the world? Are we on a journey to Bethlehem, or are we already with the shepherd's at the manger. Well, as you've probably figured out, we've opted for a liminal version of Christmas Eve. In other words, our worship this morning serves as a threshold, a threshold into Christmas Eve. It is Christmas Eve, 
but we haven't fully crossed into it yet. And this morning, we've heard the story told with the lighting of candles and the singing of familiar hymns and the reading of scriptures, but we haven't incorporated all the sacred traditions of Christmas Eve. Those will come later tonight at 5 in a service that's intentionally designed to be comfortable for folks of all ages, particularly children, and then again at 8 in a traditional Christmas Eve candlelight. And I hope that many of you do plan to return for one or both of those services. They are unique in their own ways. But whether it's a morning service or an evening service or a middle-of-the-night service, there's a reason that year after year the world gathers to hear the story of a baby born in Bethlehem. It tells us of God's redeeming love coming to us at Christmas and into our hearts every day. It is, as we've heard, the light for our world's darkness and our only hope for true peace within ourselves or throughout the world. So what else is there to say? So what I decided to do this morning is I'd like to bring you this story in a slightly different way, in a legend, if you will, which as a reminder is a story that may not be true but contains some truth. It's a story written by um, an Episcopal priest. She's an academic and author named Barbara Brown Taylor. It's a really simple story that profoundly captures the meaning of Christmas Eve, and my prayer is, is that it will speak the Christmas story to you in a light-hearted yet incredibly moving way. The story is called God's Daring Plan. Once upon a time, or before time actually, before there were clocks or calendars or Christmas trees, God was all there was. No one knows anything about that time because no one was there to know it. But somewhere in the middle of that time before time, God decided to make a world. Maybe God was bored, or maybe God was lonely, or maybe God just liked to make things and thought it was time to make something big. Whatever the reason... God made a world, this world, and filled it with the most astonishing things, with humpback whales that sing, and white-striped skunks that stink, and birds with more colors on them than a box of Crayola crayons. The list is way too long to go into here, but suffice it to say that at the end, when God stood back and looked at it all, God was pleased, only something was missing. It was as if he had painted this huge masterpiece and then forgotten to sign it. So he got busy making his signature piece, something made in his own image so that anyone who looked at it would know who the artist was. He had a one single thing in mind at first. But as he worked, God realized that one thing all by itself 
was not the kind of statement he wanted to make. He knew what it was like to be alone, and now that he'd made a world, he knew what it was like to have company, and company was definitely better. So God decided to make two things instead of one, which were alike but different, and both would be reflections of him, a man and a woman, who could keep him and each other company. Flesh was what he made them out of, flesh and blood. A wonderful medium, extremely flexible and warm to the touch. Since God, strictly speaking, was not made out of anything at all, but was pure mind, pure spirit, he was very taken with flesh and blood. Watching his two creatures stretch and yawn, laugh and run, he found to his surprise that he was more than just a little envious of them. He had made them, it was true, and he knew how fragile they were, but their breakability made them even more touching to him. It was not long before God found himself falling in love with them. He liked being with them better than any of the other creatures he had made, and he especially liked walking with them in the garden in the cool of the evening. It almost broke God's heart when they got together behind his back, did the one thing he had asked them not to do, and then hid from him, from him, while he searched the garden until way past dark, calling their names over and over again. Things were different after that. God still loved the human creatures best of all, but the attraction was not mutual. Birds were crazy about God, especially ruby-throated hummingbirds. Dolphins and raccoons could not get enough of him, but human beings had other things on their minds. They were busy learning how to make things, grow things, buy things, sell things, and the more they learned to do for, their, for themselves, the less they depended on God. Night after night, he threw pebbles at their windows, inviting them to go for a walk with him, but they said they were sorry, they were busy. It was not long before most human beings forgot all about him. They called themselves self-made men and women, as if they were a plus, and as if that was a plus and not a minus. They honestly believed they had created themselves. And they liked the results so much that they divided themselves into groups of people who looked, thought, and talked alike. Those who still believed in God drew pictures of him that looked just like them. And that made it easier for them to turn away from people who were different. You would not believe the trouble this got them into. Everything from armed warfare to cities split right down the middle with one kind of people living on one side of the line and another kind on the other. 
God would have put a stop to it all right there, except for one thing. When he had made the human beings, he had made them free. That was built into them just like their hearts and brains were. And even God could not take it back without killing them. So God left them free. And it almost killed him to see what they were doing to each other. God shouted to them from the sidelines using every means he could think of, including floods and famines and messengers and manna. He got inside people's dreams, and if that did not work, he woke them up in the middle of the night with his whispering. And no matter what he tried, however, he came up against the barriers of flesh and blood. They were made of it, and he was not which made translation difficult. God would say, please stop before you destroy yourselves. But all they could hear was thunder. God would say, I love you as much as the day I made you. But all they could hear was a loon calling across the water. Babies. Babies were the exception to this sad state of affairs. While their parents were all but deaf to God's messages, babies did not have any trouble hearing him at all. They were all the time laughing at God's jokes or crying with him when he cried, which went right over their parents' heads. Colic, the grown-ups would say. Or, isn't she cute? She's laughing at the dust mites in the sunlight. Babies did not go to war. They never made hate speeches or littered or refused to play with each other because they belonged to different political parties. They depended on other people for everything necessary to their lives, and a phrase like self-made babies would have made them laugh until their bellies hurt. While no one asked their opinions about anything that mattered, which would have been a very smart thing to do, almost everyone seemed to love them. And that gave God an idea. Why not create himself as one of those delightful creatures? So God tried the idea out on his cabinet of archangels, and at first they were all very quiet. Finally, the senior archangel stepped forward to speak for all of them. He told God how much they would worry about him if he did that. He would be putting himself at the mercy of his creatures, the angel said. People could do anything they wanted to him. And if he seriously meant to become one of them, there would be no escape for him if things turned sour. So could he at least create himself as a magical baby with some special powers? It wouldn't take much. Just the power to become invisible, maybe. Or the power to hurl bolts of lightning if the need arose. 
The baby idea was a stroke of genius, the angel said. It really was, but it lacked adequate safety features. God thanked the archangels for their concern, but said no. He thought he would just be a regular baby. How else could he gain the trust of his creatures? How else could he persuade them that he knew their lives inside out unless he lived one like theirs? There was a risk. He knew that. Okay, there was a high risk, but that was part of what he wanted his creatures to know, that he was willing to risk everything to get close to them in hopes that they might love him again. <clears throat> it was a daring plan. But the angels saw that God was dead set on it. They broke into applause. Not the uproarious kind of, kind of applause, but that steady kind that goes on and on and on when you have witnessed something you know you will never see again. And while they were still clapping, God turned around and left the cabinet chamber, shedding his robes as he went. The angels watched as his midnight blue mantle fell to the floor so that all the stars on it collapsed in a heap. Then a strange thing happened. Where the robes had fallen, the floor melted and opened up to reveal a scrubby brown pasture speckled with sheep and right in the middle of them, a bunch of shepherds sitting around a campfire drinking wine out of a skin. It was hard to say who was more startled, the shepherds or the angels. But as the shepherds looked up at them, the angels pushed their senior member to the edge of the hole. Looking down at the human beings who were all trying to hide behind each other, poor things, no wings, the angel said in a, as gentle a voice as he could muster, do not be afraid. For see, I'm bringing you good news of great joy for all the people. To you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is the Messiah, the Lord. And away up on the hill from the direction of town came the sound of a newborn baby's cry. Friends, every Christmas Eve, Christmas Day, Christmas season reminds us that God has come to us again and again and again and continues to come as our good news. Our King, our God, our peace. I encourage all of us in the hustle and bustle that we have made Christmas be, 
to find a moment of stillness and listen. Listen as God speaks an invitation of love to the world. May our ears hear and our eyes see the love that is offered through the birth of Jesus Christ. And may hearts and minds be transformed by his presence among us this and every day. Let us pray. Oh God, we give you thanks for your daring plan and for your unfathomable willingness to make us part of that plan. We are ever so grateful. We're ever so scared. We're ever so hopeful. And we're ever so confident that if you come to us as a baby, to show us how much you love us, that we can in return live our lives showing you how much we love you. You're listening to Sunday with Tab, a production of Tabernacle Presbyterian Church in Indianapolis. We hope you have found inspiration and comfort in today's program. There are many ways to enjoy today's message again. Subscribe to the Tab Podcast on your favorite podcast app or go to tabpres.org, tap on the graphic marked Sermons, and select the sermon you wish to hear. While there, you can also view the entire worship service. We invite you to join us for worship this morning at Tabernacle Presbyterian Church. We're located at the corner of 34th Street and Central Avenue in Indianapolis. At 8 a.m., we have a communion service in the chapel. And at 10 o'clock, a beautiful worship service in the sanctuary. The 10 o'clock service is also live streamed on our YouTube channel, Tab Indie. For all information on the services and streaming, go to tabprez.org. That's T-A-B-P-R-E-S dot O-R-G. Thanks for listening, and join us next week at the same time for Sunday with Tab. Sunday with Tab.